the pertinent influence. Hi everybody, I'm Tobega Felicia and welcome to the pertinent influence, your go-to commentary and educational podcast to understand societal issues that target South Africa and abroad, especially in relation to transnational organized crime. This will also be an opportunity to get to interact with you as my listeners and to get to understand your viewpoints on matters that concern us because I truly believe everybody has a story to tell and each story is accompanied with some form of truth. Now, before we dive in, remember you can find me on my personal Facebook profile at Tobea Felicia, my Facebook page, The Pertinent Influence and on my website blog, thepertinentinfluence.com. Please don't forget to hit the subscribe button below and let's begin. So in today's episode, I'll be discussing about whether or not there's a conceptual difference between what we term as human trafficking versus what we term as modern slavery. Now, before I begin, I would like to add that this episode is not sponsored. Additionally, all my information that I am about to share with you as my audience is based on research ranging from academic journal sources, books, think tanks from all corners of society, and my personal studied expertise in university on criminal justice and criminology as an addition. I do believe that in discussing these kinds of topics, it's always important to keep information since information itself is ever-changing and to educate the general public on facts that have been generated over the years, especially for the sake of creating awareness on behalf of those who are denied their voices. Human trafficking and modern slavery are seen as interchangeable definitions. And this is because both concepts, when broken down into their theory, ultimately point out to one common factor. And that factor is the bondage of human beings. The United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime, they define the term human trafficking as the recruitment, transportation, transfer, harboring or receipt of people through use of force, fraud or deception with the aim of exploiting them for profit. Now, when we look at the term modern slavery, modern slavery is basically an umbrella term for human trafficking. And the reason why it's an umbrella term is because modern slavery refers to a myriad of deceptive practices that signal the bondage of a human being through trafficking. Think of it this way. In South Africa, if you are familiar with our criminal justice system, our crimes are placed into categories to help us measure the retribution deserving of that particular crime category. For example, I'll use petty crimes for my example. Petty crimes is crimes like shoplifting, trespassing, running a stop sign, public disorderly conduct, etc. These would all be classified as petty crimes. And just because they are classified as petty crimes, it doesn't mean it's less of a crime. A petty crime does fall under the umbrella term of the definition of crime itself. Now, just like when a trafficked person is used as a sex slave or a child soldier or a forced laborer, no matter what the bondage of that victim looks like, it all transcribes to a common umbrella term, which is modern slavery. 
There are five common types of human trafficking which contribute to the bondage of human beings for it to be classified as modern slavery. The first most common type is known as forced labor, or it can also be termed as bonded labor or debt bondage. Now, this type of human trafficking is the most common, especially in the South African context. This type of trafficking takes place, for instance, when a victim is coerced into a job opportunity, especially for a foreign country. And how this would normally play out is that traffickers would usually work with recruitment agencies by charging the victim exorbitant amounts of recruitment fees with interest rates, in turn making it difficult for the victim to pay off the debt. You, as the victim, you fly off to your destination country with this idea that you're going there to work, only for your traffickers to tell you that you owe them X amount of money that needs to be paid off, and until then, you're forced to work for them. Oftentimes, it's extremely hard to escape in this scenario because traffickers are dangerous and they can get extremely violent. Additionally, they withhold your documentation such as your ID. And this makes it very, very hard for a person to escape because in other countries, a worker's legal status is tied to their employer. That is why I always tell people to check the recruitment agencies or educational agencies that they are applying for because oftentimes traffickers depend on these agencies to create a network of criminality. Now the second most common type of human trafficking again taking place in South Africa is known as involuntary domestic servitude. Now, this is a form of trafficking that takes place in private residences. For example, think of your domestic workers. What happens in this instance is that a domestic worker is oftentimes not permitted to leave the residence. They are denied pay and refused basic benefits and protections extended to other groups of workers in the country. Now, this is not to say that all domestic workers are victims of human trafficking. But as the terminology suggests, involuntary means there was no consent involved between the employer and the employee. Abuse in this form of exploitation takes place in the form of gender-based violence, harassment and sexual-based violence, usually inflicted by the employer. The problem with this type of trafficking is that labor officials do not have the authority to conduct inspections on private homes pertaining to worker environments, which leaves victims vulnerable to this extreme form of exploitation behind the scenes. The third form of human trafficking is known as forced child labor. And like forced labor, this time it involves children. And the most common indicators include a child being in custody of a non-family member who requires the child to perform work that will, that will financially benefit the exploiter. Forced child labor is another common trafficking crime in South Africa, whereby there have been instances reported in South Africa of forced begging through the process of renting out children. And this is operated by trafficking syndicates 
who have said to be making 2 million rand a month, as confirmed by the police and various South African outlets. It's very scary to know that as motorists who sit behind our wheels and we see these children beg, how sure are you that you haven't had at least one encounter with a trafficked child, but you just assume them as a beggar? The fourth type of trafficking is child sex trafficking. Now, the trafficking of children under 18 for sexual exploitation is real. And it's basically another trafficking phenomenon which is common in South Africa, just as it is common around the world. Children being taken to brothels or forced prostitution, oftentimes forcefully hooked to drugs. In my next episode, I will explain how the brothel system and trafficking world collaborates when it comes to the sex trafficking of victims. There's also what's known as the recruitment of child soldiers, which falls under child trafficking. And luckily, in South Africa, we do not have this sort of, tra- uh, of, of trafficking in the country. It usually takes place in Central Africa, in countries like the DRC, Angola, Chad, and even beyond African borders in the Middle East and Southeast Asia, where, p- where political unrest and violent crimes spark terrorist attacks. Terrorist attacks are usually the greatest motivator for human trafficking to happen. And again, I will dive into this in upcoming episodes. There's what we also know as trafficking of persons for the purposes of organ removal. Now note that I did not label this form of trafficking as organ trafficking or trafficking of organs because these terms are not meant to be used interchangeably as stipulated in the UN's Trafficking Persons Protocol. If I were to say organ trafficking or trafficking of organs, the object of the crime in this case would be the organ in question. But when I say trafficking of persons for the purposes of organ removal, the object in question is the human being that is being trafficked. Now, there's a very interesting case law that took place in South Africa in the early 2000s, and it was the state versus Ned Cape Wazulu Natal. I will attach the link because the case law is pretty long, but basically it details how the trafficking of persons for the purposes of organ removal happens and how the victims in that particular case study were affected. I do encourage you to read it as the case did set a precedent in the country. Now, the three facts about human trafficking that I would like to share with you guys is that first of all, there is such a thing as multi-level exploitation. And what is meant by that is that a victim of sex trafficking, for example, can be a victim of trafficking of persons for the purposes of organ removal or even vice versa. And that's what makes the crime of trafficking complex and very difficult to solve because a victim can never can never get stuck into one commonality or one type of human trafficking instances a child soldier can easily become a prostitute the next day or a prostitute can easily become a, a a victim of organ trafficking the following day there is such a thing as multi-level exploitation secondly 
trafficking is a network of people. As I've said previously, recruitment agencies are an example of what we mean by a network of people. Syndicates easily like to create these networks because not only does it expand their criminality, but it makes it hard for law enforcement to kind of penetrate it. So that is why syndicates need a network of people to work into this criminality so that it's easier for their business to thrive. Remember, this is a multi-billion dollar industry after all. And finally, trafficking can happen to anybody. It is not restricted to female victims as what a lot of campaigns would like to insinuate. These, com- these anti-trafficking campaigns usually say that women and girls are only victims of this crime, which is false. Boys can also get involved into this crime and they are victims of this crime. So it's very important to take into consideration that it's not just about women, but it's also about men and young boys as well who are stuck into this very devious criminality of trafficking. And so the main takeaway points I want you as the listeners to take away from this is that, first of all, human trafficking falls under the umbrella term of modern slavery, which is the bondage of human beings, just like when I made the example of petty crimes, which fall under the umbrella term of a crime. Secondly, trafficking comes in all forms, as in the list I have mentioned. Also noting that since this is a transnational organized crime, we might even see an extension of new phenomena branching into this criminality. Example, the trafficking of persons for the purposes of organ removal, which is relatively a new phenomena happening in the trafficking industry. Thirdly, terminology matters. There is a difference between organ trafficking and trafficking of persons for the purposes of organ removal. There's a difference between domestic servitude and involuntary domestic servitude. There's a difference between forced prostitution and prostitution done on a voluntary basis. The key to determining these these terminologies center around the concept of consent. If there is no consent, it is a crime. And finally, anybody can get trafficked at any circumstance. And therefore, I stress vigilance, precaution and education in South Africa, a country that is currently considered a tier two on the watch list for human trafficking, meaning tier two countries are a representation of countries whose governments do not fully comply to the Trafficking of Victims Protection Act. We are a host and transit country for victims of human trafficking, and this should be our biggest concern. With this being said, thank you so much to all my listeners, my followers and my subscribers for joining me on today's topic. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is uploaded. Rave and review this podcast and share it with your friends, your family, your insurance brokers, your neighbors, your pets. (laughs) You know what I mean. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you leave with a little something to think about, even if it differs from your usual narratives. I love you all and tune in next time. Remember, your truth matters.